You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, we made it to a Friday, a meat Friday. We got wings on the Traeger coming up. We got a lot to talk about. We got controversy in Green Bay. We got to give out draft grades as well. Chris Sims doesn't like Tua Tonga-Vailoa. He'll join us coming up. Jesse Palmer from the Mothership, the former USC and NFL quarterback Mark Sanchez a little bit later on in the program. Also, Fritzy has some feelers out to some of the newsmakers, so we'll see if uh, we latch on to anybody here over the next three hours. Come on in. Stay a while. Glad to have you on board. I'm here in the man cave. Paulie's about 20 feet away from me. Fritzy, McLovin, Seton at their respective homes. Do want to give a shout out to Alan, the IT guy, Marvin, who's answering phones, Rob, the intern, the big German, and also Dylan. Those are the other behind the scenes guys, the backroom guys. Uh, Mario is at home, and I'm sure the chat row loves that, that he's not around, and the French kid as well. We say hello to uh, chat row. Uh, we got Tyler, the creator, Tyler, the moderators in today because he's going to handle the wings on the Traeger grill. So we are armed and dangerous, ready to go full speed ahead. You can listen if you like. We're on 362 radio affiliates around the country. The great Fox Sports Radio lineup. And you can watch if you'd like on YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. A somewhat predictable NFL draft got shaken up late last night. A surprising trade and a surprising pick. The Green Bay Packers moved up from 30 to 26 to take Utah State quarterback Jordan Love. History repeats itself. 15 years ago, the Packers selected Aaron Rodgers when Brett Favre was just 35. Although back then, 35 was old. That's not the case now with quarterbacks. Rodgers sat behind Favre for three years. It was a frosty relationship. Rodgers is now 36. Presumably, Love will sit behind him for at least two years, maybe three. Love's got a lot of talent. And I was told prior to the draft, these you know uh, GMs and coaches just couldn't quite put a handle on how good he is, when is he going to be good, and where do you take him? And you had teams, you know, the Dolphins looked at him. You had teams high in the draft who looked at him to say, can we get him? Where do we get him? And it felt like the Green Bay Packers, when you move up from 30 to 26, that's not he fell into your lap. You went up to get him. That's one thing if you go, hey, he was the best guy on the board, so we had to take him. I get it. Now, three years from now, four years from now, you may look back and go, man, what a great move that they made. But if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to approach this in a couple of ways, which I'll get into in a moment. You know, Aaron Rodgers wanted to get skilled position players. If you give me another wide receiver, but it felt like the really good wide receivers were already taken. If I'm moving up in the draft to get somebody, could I have moved up in the draft to get a wide receiver? That was the first thought that I had. When I heard that the Packers had made a trade and I went, what wide receiver is left that they feel like has a first round grade? And then all of a sudden they dropped the bomb, said, and the Packers select... Jordan Love out of Utah State. And I went, how old is Rodgers? How old was Favre? How old was Rodgers at the time he was drafted? How old is Jordan Love? History just repeated itself. Jenny Vrentis, who writes for SI.com, at the end of her column this morning, said the following. When the Packers went on the clock just before 11.30 Eastern on Thursday night and selected Jordan Love, they were putting Aaron Rodgers on the clock, too. Knowing Aaron Rodgers, knowing that personality, he, um, 
he will use this as motivation here. But it's a weird thing that you're, you know, other things should motivate you, not necessarily your own team doing something to get you motivated. You know, you look back on the Chicago Bulls, they got Michael Jordan even more motivated in the last year because Jerry Krause said to Phil Jackson, you can go 82 and 0. We're not bringing you back. Well, you're not bringing him back. I'm not going to play unless Phil's my coach. So that motivated Jordan, who was always looking for something there. Now the Green Bay Packers have basically said, you know, Aaron, we were a win away from going to the Super Bowl. We need to motivate you a little bit more. Jordan Love is not taking his job anytime soon. If you look at the cap hit, it would be devastating to the Packers if they somehow got rid of Aaron Rodgers over the next two years. Because I, th- I think he's owed around 40-plus million and 30-plus million the next two years. That third year is around 17 million. I got Aaron Rodgers, we think, for two more years. That's, that's the way I would view this. Two years, let's see what we can produce here. And we have his heir apparent. This has happened before. You know, teams draft quarterbacks all the time. New England's done that to Tom Brady. It feels like they've drafted, I don't know, seven or eight quarterbacks while he was there in New England. It happens. You know, look at what Sean Payton told me last year. They were taking Patrick Mahomes in New Orleans if he didn't go before them. Like that, that was happening. He said, we were going to take him. All right, that would have motivated Drew Brees, but Brees probably would not be playing in New Orleans right now. Does Aaron Rodgers end his career in Green Bay? The number of tweets and text messages I got from, hey, we got Tom Brady's replacement in three (laughs) years, Aaron Rodgers, get the T-shirts ready, Jolly Rodgers in Tampa Bay. And I go, okay, duly noted, I'll file that away. But I, I watched it unfold. And I also, you know, go back to an interview that uh, Pat McAfee conducted with Aaron Rodgers, along with A.J. Hawk. It's called Primetime Draft Special that they did. And uh, here's what Aaron Rodgers had to say. This is before the Packers selected Jordan Love last night. It depends on what, uh, what position we pick. You know, it might be a little uh, upbeat and, and, uh, and excited to be an offensive guy, but, you know, maybe it's a big, tough defensive guy as well. But either way, I'm going to welcome him to the team. But it'd be kind of cool. We haven't had... You know, we haven't picked a skill player in the first round in the last 15 years, so that'd be, that'd be kind of cool. Well, you got your skill position player. He's called a quarterback. <laughs> we love the draft. It's one night, but it can shape the future of NFL teams for years. I know that we, we love to hand out grades or you want to hear grades, and I always say it's hard to grade somebody because Paulie and I were looking at, was that the 2015 draft that we were looking at this morning? Yeah. Where we're, if you handed out grades the night of the draft, and I went through the first round, I go, boy, I like that pick, and I like that pick, and that's a good pick. Mm, I don't know about that one. Oh, that's good. I, I was handing out, you know, B's and A's going through the first round. I like what the Niners did. I like what the Dolphins did. You know, Broncos got a great wide receiver. I love what the Cowboys did with C.D. Lamb. But guys... The, they don't stay with their original teams. It's really, if you look at it, it's kind of alarming that you get drafted and maybe you're okay, but then you go on to a second team. I mean, you start out with Winston and Mariota. They're gone. Dante Fowler. Amari Cooper was the one guy we looked at, and I thought he, he was good with the Raiders, but now he's with the Dallas Cowboys. So you start to look at these guys and say, how many of these guys will really be impactful? How, are gonna, how many are going to stay with their respective teams? You know, 
Tristan Wirfs, I thought Buccaneers did great. You got your left tackle here for Tom Brady. Get a couple of linemen here, you're ready to go. That was the big weakness. Get a couple of linemen, a couple other ones, you're good to go. 49ers, you trade away a great defensive lineman, you get the potential for a great defensive lineman, just a cheaper one. You know, getting a wide receiver. I like what the Niners did. You know, but you start to go through this and you go, I'm not sure about that guy. Well, that doesn't mean it's the wrong pick for that team because these guys are actually doing their homework. We just read mock drafts. Now, I do talk to people, so I do get a better sense. The only thing I got, and McLevin said this yesterday, hey, are you going to text us at some point and let us know what you know before the draft? And usually this happens every year. I get some information usually around 730 prior to the draft. And I only got one text yesterday, and it was that two is going to go to the Dolphins. They played it. They played their hand correctly. He's going to the Dolphins. And I text back, and I said, well, wait, what, what happened? They did want Joe Burrow, couldn't get Joe Burrow, and they know that nobody else is going up to get him. They're going to take Tua. And I go, okay. That wasn't enough that I was going to send out a text to you guys and say, hey, Tua's going to the Dolphins there. That was the only pick that I heard that, uh, you know, somebody said, hey, I know you're big on Tua going to the Dolphins. You know, he's going there. That was it. I didn't get any other information there. Yeah, McLovin. So was there a full smoke screen going on? Yes. A traditional smoke screen of the past week? Yes. Yeah. But I said, you know, not exactly a full smoke screen because you love, you got to profess your love if you're going to go all in on Joe Burrow. You can't go, man, we really want Joe Burrow. Didn't get him? We really love Tua Tungavailoa. Come on in. We love you. We love you so much. I mean, we really, really like you, but we really love Joe Burrow. Bengals did, you know, the Bengals did well. They did the right thing for them. They took Joe Burrow. You got your quarterback. Let's see how this all plays out for you. Chargers with Justin Herbert. I'm not sure about him. I, I, I just, and sometimes you look at the market, the city that you play in. Tim Duncan was perfect for San Antonio. Justin Herbert is a small town kid. You know, maybe San Diego would have been better for him. Now he's in Los Angeles. Now, hey, you got to be the face of the franchise here. Like, there's a lot that goes along with that. Are you able to do that? Do you have the infrastructure? You know, are you going to be asked to be, you know, doing TV show, radio show? Like, you, there's a little bit more attached to that. There's certain guys where you go, that's the right place for them, given their personality. But there was a lot that unfolded last night. Uh C.D. Lamb dropping to Dallas. Dallas had trade offers for that pick. They had three trade offers. And I think that Jerry Jones, he didn't have to be around the rest of the war room. So, you know, that's where Jerry probably puts people on mute. Uh, didn't hear you. Cowboys going to take C.D. Lamb. Yes. Although I love the pick because I, I think he's the best receiver in the draft. I do. Yeah, McLevin. But another skill position guy for the Cowboys are so invested. I mean, they're paying Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott. They're going to pay the quarterback. Did you feel like this could have been a Zach Martin opportunity where they go with the smart, boring player? I thought that they were going to take a lineman. Uh, who is it? Cesar Ruiz oh, out of Michigan. Oh, he's good. <laughs> Fantastic interior lineman. Oh, great upside there. Uh, but, but I never know with the Cowboys. Because yeah, Jerry loves shiny objects, man. He's on his $250 million yacht. You don't draft a lineman when you're on your yacht. You draft a wide receiver. Oh, this program brought to you by the great folks at LegalZoom. 
LegalZoom has made it easy to set up the right estate plan without leaving your home. Take care of your family today with the right estate plan at LegalZoom.com. Yes, McLovin. Yeah, I, I saw that pick. And then they showed CeeDee Lamb's highlights. I mean, he got caught a five-yard pass and broke 10 touchdowns in a row. I, what am I missing? Why was he not a top eight pick? Same with Judy. They seem higher. Well, Ruggs going off the board, and I guess, I mean, he's got great speed. I, I get that. John Ross had great speed with the Bengals. I, I don't know what you are, route runner and all that. It feels like, you know, Jerry Judy uh, was a better wide receiver. But, you know, is Ruggs John Ross or is he Tyreek Hill? I, I don't know. But with Alabama, you're never quite sure with those wide receivers. C.D. Lamb, even though he had very good quarterbacks, Heisman Trophy winners, it felt like he could make something out of nothing. And he played bigger. Yeah, Paul. But, you know, you can't critique the players they took because you don't know how they're going to work out, but you can critique strategy. And that's like Mel Kuyper was critiquing the Raiders by saying, you got players you could have got six or seven picks later, like that you could have gotten a better, more trustworthy wide receiver in CeeDee Lamb. And then the, the defensive back the Raiders took, Damon Arnett out of Ohio State. If he's an all-pro, it, it's all okay. But he even said, like, the Raiders could have taken that player around later and built up draft capital. I wondered what Green Bay was, you know, preventing when they go up to get Jordan Love. So you go from 30 to 26. And I look at the teams behind them, and I don't – not that they would have taken a quarterback, but somebody was going to move up. Uh, so if you look at where Jordan Love goes, Jordan Love goes 26. After that, it's Seattle, Baltimore, Tennessee. Now, Tennessee, I thought – by the way, Mike Rabel's war room or whatever that was, his man cave was awesome. There was a whole lot going on there. Whole lot. Like Seton said, it looked like an episode of Breaking Bad. <laughs> it was, it was yeah. <laughs> really strange. Um, Tennessee, I thought, could go all in on Jordan Love. The Dolphins already had their quarterback. Vikings, uh, Kansas City. Yeah, so I, I thought maybe Tennessee would be the team if, if he was there that they would take him. Because keep in mind, Green Bay was at 30. They went to 26. And... Tennessee was at 29. That was the only thought that I had is we have to leapfrog because somebody's going to take Jordan Love. And by the way, it's not like he's a gift. He fell into your lap. Look at the mock drafts. Look at Daniel Jeremiah. You know, they, he was targeted in the 23 to 30 range. It's not like Green Bay went, we got to go get him. This wasn't Kansas City going up to get Patrick Mahomes. This wasn't Houston going up to get Deshaun Watson. You went up. Did you have to go up? Would he have fallen in your lap? But we'll talk to uh, Rob Domofsky, who covers the Packers. He'll join us next hour. We'll ask him, did the Packers feel like somebody else was going to go all in on Jordan Love? Because this wasn't like you got him at a bargain. Not at all. McLevin, what kind of poll questions do you have? Well, let's start with the Packers. Does Aaron Rodgers end his career in Green Bay? How do you think people would vote on that? I'm gonna, well, I don't I don't. I would say no. I'd say no. Not not many quarterbacks. You know, Elway did. Breeze uh, was on a second team. Marino was there. Ben Roethlisberger will end his career as a, as a Steeler. How many guys do it? Not many. So I'd say no. I think Aaron Rodgers in two years will decide if he wants to play for another team or he will retire. But I, I would say no. He's, he's not going to. Yeah. Yeah. What else do you have? 
Okay, uh, QB poll. Which QB that was drafted last night makes a Pro Bowl first? Considering the situations, you got Burrow in Cincinnati, Tua in Miami, Herbert in LA, and Jordan Love with the Packers. Probably not Love. No. But which of the top three has the best chance of sort of being good first? I'm going to say Joe Burrow because he's going to start. I don't think Justin Herbert and Tua are going to start. Now, now they're going to compete, but I, if I'm Miami, I, I, I slow play Tua. You got Ryan Fitzpatrick there, slow playing. Um, I, I would say Joe Burrow because he gets to start, maybe puts up to some decent numbers there and makes it as an, an alternate for the Pro Bowl. I did watch what Jacksonville was doing. Jacksonville went defense first round, both picks, because that's a team, in my opinion, tanking. Tanking. Because they're going to be all in in the sweepstakes for a quarterback next year. They couldn't get there this year. You got a couple of defensive draft picks, and then you go offense. Um, Kansas City drafting a running back, and I love him. Clyde Edwards, hilarious. I, I think in today's NFL, that's why Dobbins is so good, but he's a great runner. Uh, Taylor out of Wisconsin, great runner. I was told didn't have great hands, but I love this kid. I mean, I'm getting a, a running back who's versatile, and I get him at the end of the first round. I thought Kansas City, you know, maybe that puts an end to Leonard Fournette's future in Kansas City. But I, I thought, you know, if you're looking at the Chiefs, now I thought the Chiefs, you might need a little more defense here. Feels like you've got some offense. This is this is a team that's like, we're just going to outscore you. You know, Hey, you might get 30 points on us. We're getting 45 on you. All right, we'll talk to Chris Sims. He was certainly down on uh, Tua. He didn't think, and prior to the draft, didn't think that he was a top 10 pick, even if he was healthy. We'll get his thoughts on Tua going to the Dolphins. And Jordan Love, how, do you, how does he think Aaron Rodgers is going to react to this? And what kind of season does he think Aaron Rodgers is going to have? I think Aaron Rodgers is going to have an unbelievable season. I do. Thank you. Have an unbelievable season. But they had a very good season last year. They went away from the Super Bowl. Oh, it was fun last night. All right. 20 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. You check things all the time. Your email, your Instagram. You're always checking things except for the things that are really important, like your credit. When's the last time you did it? And you probably haven't done it. Discover makes it quick and easy. And best of all, it's free. Discover's offering FICO credit scores. That's a score used by 90% of top lenders, and you get it for free. It's really important to know that. Checking your score won't hurt your credit, and you can check each month for changes. The Discover Credit Scorecard, free for everyone. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. We'll settle on a poll question, stat of the day, play of the day. Pretty good night for the SEC last night. Ohio State, LSU, Alabama. If you expanded out of the SEC, they pretty much dominated the first round. Uh, Eric in Washington joins us. Hey, Eric, what do you have for me today? Yeah, hi, Dan. Hey, Eric. 5'8", uh, I would like to post a new poll question. Oh, okay. Yes. Has there ever been anyone that accused Jerry Jones of actually being a good GM. 
I think he's done he's done some smart things, uh, but it almost felt you know sometimes he's forced to those like Dak Prescott. They wanted Connor Cook out of Michigan State. Thank you, Eric. And C.D. Lamb, I like C.D. Lamb. Now you can say, do they need another wide receiver there? You know, Jerry loves shiny toys, man. You can't you can't make a pick from your two hundred and fifty million dollar yacht and say we're going to take an offensive lineman. You know, he he took a wide receiver. Wanted to have a little fun there. And, and I think it's a, it's a great pick, too. Chris Sims, his job is to analyze the draft, and he is brutally honest. Uh, he surprised me when I heard him on Doug Gottlieb's show where he was talking about Tua Tonga-Vailoa and Joe Burrow, and I went, Sims is doing it again. Pro Football, uh, Pro Football Talk Live co-host and host of the Chris Sims Unbuttoned podcast. Good morning, Chris. Hey, what's up, Danny boy? How you doing, man? Miss you. You doing all right? I'm doing okay. Let me start with Jordan Love going to the Packers. He didn't fall into their lap. They went up to get him. And uh, why? Why did they move up to get him? Well, you know, I'd like to know the same answer to that question. I'm not sure I understand that either. You know, one, you know, okay, two things jump out to me. The first thing being, who were they scared of that they thought might trade into the first round. There was no picks there on the board that were ahead of them at that moment that were going to take a quarterback. Now, I don't know if they felt like the Colts or, I don't know, maybe the Patriots or somebody else, I don't know, thought maybe they would trade back in the first round to get a quarterback. Certainly a possibility, but I have no knowledge of that. So that's curious to me right off the bat. And then, two, yeah, Dan, I don't like it. You know, you know, again, Aaron Rodgers, and especially in an era right now where we're seeing quarterbacks can play to 40 years old and yeah. still play at a really high level, Rodgers is still one of the five best quarterbacks in the sport. So to me, when I look at that, I just go, well, okay, yeah, I really like Jordan Love. He's a project, so he certainly needs to sit for a year, maybe two. He's really raw. He's got great high-end talent. But I just wonder if Green Bay will ever really bear the fruits of anything they get out of the player. Because I think by the time his second contract's coming around, Aaron Rodgers is still going to be playing quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. So I don't understand that. And, you know, I would have liked to see them, Dan, go defensive tackle or something like that. You know, they still haven't stopped the 49ers run, run, running. I mean, no. most are still running from the NFC Championship <laughs> game. I think Tennessee at 30 or 29 might have been that team. If you're just looking at – you know they could they could afford to develop him in Tennessee. That was the thought I had. You go from 30, thirty to twenty six. You got Tannehill there. He's a band aid for a couple of years, and then maybe you you know you get Jordan Love and you find your quarterback of the future. That was the thought that I had. You know when they made that move up. And the other part of this, Aaron Rodgers makes a whole lot of money the next two years. And then after that, that third year is not devastating against the cap. Does Aaron Rodgers end his career in Green Bay? Well, I, I think it's dicey right now. You know, I, I think, you know, Aaron Rodgers, as we know, first off, you know, he can be a little chippy, right? <laughs> I mean, he can hold a grudge. We know that. Yeah. I, I think this is going to piss him off. I do. You know, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he tried to stick it to Green Bay two years from now. And, you know, oh, hey, yeah, I threw for 38 touchdowns and five touchdowns or five interceptions. Go ahead. Have Jordan Love. I'll move on. See you later. You know, and I mean, you're right. They're paying him a lot of money, but it's not a lot of money to, you know, to where we're going at the quarterback position. I mean, crap. You know, Jared Goff's making as much money as Aaron Rodgers, and they're not even in the same stratosphere. So Patrick Mahomes is going to be signing something for $40 million a year here soon. Dak Prescott is going to be making more money than Aaron Rodgers per year. So, yeah, it's just a head scratcher to me. I just think it's. 
you know, again, I understand accumulating quarterback talent and at that position, there's great value to it. I just don't know if I see the value. To me, it's different than, you know, we, Brett Favre was threatening to retire. You know, uh, Tom Brady, there was a slippage in play when they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round, and I think the Patriots were truly concerned. And then, Patriot, then of course, Tom Brady, he fixed a few things about his game and became better and was, you know, amazing for another four- or five-year stretch. You know, this to me smells a lot like John Elway and uh, Maddox, who they drafted out of UCLA back in the early 90s, where, you know, I don't know if this team's going to get anything out of this pick and some other team might bear the fruits of his talent at some point. Yeah, but Chris, I don't know if the Packers, you know the personality of Aaron Rodgers. You're aware of what this is going to do to him. Could this be on purpose that maybe you're – you're, you're going you're gonna to piss him off. Yeah. Like, you want yeah. him that way. You know how great he is. I, my, I mean, Dan, I think I thought of the same things, and I think it's a great point. You're right. Maybe, maybe this puts the pressure on him, you think, to raise his level of play. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, I, Yeah, maybe it's some master plan to, to maybe what you're saying, to where they're going, okay, maybe we just don't want to pay that type of money two or three years from now on our roster. And, they're willing to move on from a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I would doubt that, but, you know, who knows? Maybe we're starting into a new age in football where teams are going to start looking to, to make that switch to go with the young quarterback, not have that big number on the salary cap because we've seen Seattle win a Super Bowl that way, Kansas City won a Super Bowl that way, the Eagles have won a Super Bowl that way. Uh, maybe that'll be a new trend. I don't know. It, it's really interesting, and I think you bring up some good questions for sure. He's Chris Sims, NBC Sports analyst, former NFL quarterback, uh, Dolphins have a good day yesterday. Uh, yes, they did. You know, my, I mean, you, you said it, Dan. I mean, yes, I'm not the huge, a huge fan of Tua. I certainly thought he was a first round talent. I did. Um, the injury history, the style of play, the size of the human being um, would concern me. You know, I think for some reason people think this is like Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray, and he's going to be able to run around the field and play the way they play. And I would first off just argue and go. No, Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray are the fastest people on their team. Like, they beat the receivers and the DBs in races. That's how fast they are. And even they have a hard time scrambling. So, yeah, with the injury history, uh, it certainly concerns me, Dan. And and when I really evaluated him, there were so many other plays where I came away going, ooh, did he hurt his knee? Ooh, did he hurt his shoulder? Ooh, did he hurt his ankle? And that concerned me as well, let alone – you know, I, again, I don't want to bag on the player. I just think he's being overrated in the evaluation process a little bit. I, I think he's getting a lot of credit for uh, the Alabama machine in which it is, and we're in this era of we give the quarterback all the credit when things like that happen, and I think he's benefiting a little bit from that and, you know, a little overhyped, in my opinion, from that standpoint. What about the Chargers? I mean, I, lo- I love Justin Herbert. I do. Um, so I, I understand them picking him at number six to him sitting there on the board. You know, I, I could sit here and argue that I think he might have the highest ceiling at any of the quarterbacks in the draft. Mm. Now uh, people talk about, you know, issues, listen, decision-making. Yeah. Maybe not always perfect. I get that. Um, but at the same time, I would say a lot of the issues I had with, with Justin Herbert, I came away going, well, it's a crappy offense. Oh, it's, you know, there's not a lot of talent around him. You know, the offense was choppy at times, but I didn't blame Justin Herbert. Listen, if you put Justin Herbert on LSU or Alabama, 
he was going his stats and play was going to look a whole lot different. I can promise you that. So I think he's a big time talent. And then the Chargers getting Kenneth Murray, Dan, later on in the first round, and you know the twenties there. Man, this Chargers defense—they yeah. were already a borderline Super Bowl type defense, and now you add this type of linebacker that's second level with Derwin James, a strong safety, and all the other talented guys they got, I go, wow, watch out for the Chargers. Yeah, I felt the same way because we look at the Chargers and say, boy, that's, that's quite an offense there. And I always remind people, the reason why I thought that they could have won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago was because right. they had a defense that went along with that great offense. And now you look at this situation with that defense is elite, or at least elite. it looks like it can be elite. No, I, I mean, I'm with you, Dan. I think you're, I think you're spot on. I mean, the, Hey, I don't think a lot of people realize, even last year with the poor record, the Chargers were one of the five best defenses in football. And, you know, they got Lindell Joseph in free agency. We know the pass rushers they have. They have Jerry Tillery, who was a first-round pick last year from Notre Dame, who is going to, I think, you know, be a force to be reckoned with here in year two. And then, yeah, you mentioned it, Derwin James, mm. Chris Harris Jr. in free agency, Casey Hayward's already there. I mean, they just they got a very talented football team. And like you said, the offense is in a pretty good spot. they got to sure up that O-line a little bit here in rounds two and three. But uh, I'm with you. The Chargers are, are one I'm putting a little mark next to to say watch out for in 2020. How did Tom Brady do yesterday? Oh, I, you know, well, first off, I mean, he's still got to be flying high about being down in Tampa, getting Gronk this week. I mean, that was awesome. Tristan Wirfs. I really applaud the move of the Buccaneers to try to get somebody to play right tackle. Tristan Wirfs. Did play right tackle at Iowa. I'll say. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, well, I have some questions. Yes, I have some questions. Okay. Okay. You know, in my evaluation, I thought Tristan Wirfs was more of a guard than a tackle. And they really need the tackle. Now, if he has to move to guard, that won't be the worst thing in the world. But, man. That's you know, a big guard, me, though, Chris. It's a big guard. I know. I get it. I, I got you. But, you know, the, the foot speed of the athlete does not match the numbers at the combine. When you watch film and you, if anybody wants to go back there, watch the Penn State game, watch the Michigan game. And there's a few other games that are very concerning with people just beating him because of lack of foot speed. So, you know, I'm sure the Bucks did their due diligence there and feel like they can work on work with him in those areas. And, uh, I think, nonetheless, it's a great thought, and they needed to protect Tom Brady if they want to play the style of football they want to play down in Tampa. Best quarterback available tonight? Oh, best quarterback available, I think for me, is the kid Luton from Oregon State. Okay? Mm. Um, yeah, you know me. No, my I list know. isn't always the same as everybody else. Mm, I know. Uh, but I look at him as good size. You know, good arm, really consistent, accurate decision maker, can throw with a little power and anticipation. I think he's the next guy up for me that I look at to go, you know, I would take a chance on him. It's either him or Nick Eason from Washington. It's one of those two. Eason's a little raw, Dan, but does have a big-time arm. And I think teams that value that are going to look at him and go, man, he makes a lot of awesome throws. Uh, you know, there's some there's some off the field issues with him. I think people not so sure how detailed and willing he is to work at the position and things like that. But he does have big talent. Who made the move yesterday? Where you went? They have no idea what they're doing. Oh gosh, man! 
I, I don't. I, I guess the one that just makes me scratch my head the most would. Pro, it's either the Raiders pick uh, with with the kid Damon Arnett, right? Um, Ohio State. Yeah. Yes, you know, I really I like the player. I think he was, you know, top half of the second round, middle of the second round type of guy. Um, but he's a true nickel corner, to my opinion. And you know, I, I don't like drafting corners that run four, five, seven in the top twenty picks of the draft. You know, I don't like drafting nose tackles who are two hundred and sixty pounds either. You know, to me, that's that's just a no-no. So there's things about his game I really like. Definitely, I've really liked everything Mike Mayock has done to build the Oakland Raiders. Except for his first picks in the first round, the last two years. They <laughs> had Cleveland Farrell, and you're just going wait a minute. What, what are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, they could have got Cleveland Farrell at 34 or 44 last year in the draft, yeah. and they took him off the field in pass rushing situations last year. You know, so to me, a little bit of the draft and the beauty of it always is, and you know, this is the understanding of where players are going to be picked and the value of picking a player at that spot. You know, I think they probably could have got this kid at the top of the second round if they really wanted to and had no issues with being worried about that. But either way, they fell in love with him. Uh, I just was i was a little shocked by that and the Eagles with Jalen Rieger at pick 21. I have you today, Jesse Palmer today, Mark Sanchez. Out of those three quarterbacks, at their peaks, who had the best arm? Oh, wow. Damn. Well, I'd like to say I had the best arm. I would like to say that. Now, I'm sure they're going to argue that. That's fine. They're definitely more handsome than me. I know that for sure. Damn, that's a good-looking group you're talking about there. You know, uh, and uh, me and, you know, I've, I've been around Palmer and Sanchez a little. Palmer a few times. Palmer's they're both great guys. And uh, Palmer, funny story, Dan, you know, he's the bachelor, right? Yeah. They asked me to be the bachelor that same year when I was the, still the backup quarterback in Tampa Bay. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, John Gruden will just absolutely eviscerate me and might cut me if I end up committing to The Bachelor. And, uh, you know, I, I heard Wait, that. Wait, you know, were you I the said, choice before Palmer? I don't know, but I know they asked me. I don't know if they were just waiting for one of us to answer or say yes, but that year they asked me as well. And I know I said no pretty quickly, and I don't know if they already had asked Jesse or were waiting for an answer. I don't know, but I know I was – I was in the shuffle. Okay, but Jesse does it. He's got Tom Coughlin as his coach. You just had Gruden as your coach. If you played for a different team, you know, the interesting part is they asked Chris, and he thought about being The Bachelor, and he was married at the time. That's what I thought was really strange with that, Chris. (laughs) It is. My wife would have questioned that a little bit. It was good publicity. If you played on another team... Would you? Yes. Would no, you? I would never have done it. Never. Your never, dad. Never. Your dad would have. Your dad would have crushed you. Right. I mean, I grew up. Yes, with Phil Sims, who was coached <laughs> under Bill Parcells. All right. Do you think that would have gone down? And you know, I'd also say with Jesse Palmer. I, you know, I don't know how long his career ended up being, but I would question that it might have been shorter than he would have liked because of that. But it, it worked out nonetheless. He's still kicking butt. Oh, let's put it this way: he had a longer career off the field. That's right. He definitely did, and he's kicking butt off the field, yeah. so he shouldn't be ashamed for any decisions he made. That's yeah, he sure. did well. Hey, uh, great yeah. great to talk to you again. Good stuff, and we appreciate your time as always, Chris. Anytime, man. Be good. Be safe. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Chris Sims, NBC Sports football analyst. Out of everything he told me, that was the most interesting thing. He might have been the first choice before Jesse Palmer. Man, that would be tough to do it. Like, I couldn't do it. 
I, I could not do it. Now, granted, I'm not good looking enough, but I couldn't have done that because I think my brothers and sisters would have just roughed me up so badly. And my mom would be like, oh, Danny, what are you doing? Like, I, I couldn't do it. Could not do it. Yeah, Paul. But if you look at Jesse Palmer, he only made three starts in the pros, played two years. He set himself up for a huge post-football career, and it's going even better now. Oh, he was in the red zone uh, quite often off the field. So he, <laughs> he, he did, uh, he's, he's okay. He did well, and uh, he's a great analyst as well. <laughs> we should take a break here. Play of the day is coming up next. Your phone calls as well. We'll check in with the Packers coming up top of the hour. And the aforementioned Jesse Palmer will join us coming up next hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Uh, This is from uh, USPS McGee in South Carolina. The Niners missed out on hometown Tom Brady this year in three years. They won't strike out on Aaron Rodgers when he comes home. Heard it here first. I'll hang up and listen. Appreciate your enthusiasm. (laughs) So we already got Rodgers taking over for Brady in Tampa and Rodgers taking over for Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, he went to Cal, so I guess that would be sort of a... uh, homecoming of sorts for him as well a couple of phone calls we'll settle on a poll question jeff in detroit joining us hi jeff how are you what up though oh, what no. up though fellas hey hello the chat roll easing in on the meat fire hey listen i have a question for you man okay as far as the nfc final or well, the nfc finals coming up who do you think will make it there first dallas cowboys Tampa Bay Buccaneers. With the way that Dallas moved yesterday, man, I, I honestly believe that they uh they made a couple of moves to put themselves in the running to do some uh some good things. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are. Who will make it to the conference, the NFC conference final first? All right. Well, thank you, Jeff. I I've been really high on the Cowboys the last two years, and they have really let me down. I I'm starting to feel like they're the NF uh, NFC version of the Chargers. Got a lot of talent. But got to get you over the hump. Mike McCarthy coming in, you know, that could be a really big uh, game changer for them. Uh, you got to get Dak Prescott in camp. Uh, you know, sorry to hear Dak losing his brother uh, died yesterday. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like what Dallas has done. I, I like C.D. Lamb. I don't know how good that defense is. Tampa Bay's got a good. Tampa feels like a more balanced team. And if you get a couple more linemen there that can help you with uh, Brady in the draft, you know, Tampa Bay is going to be ready to go. I would say Dallas, but then I've been saying Dallas for a couple of years now. McLovin has a one line against the grain. What's the topic? Okay, this is why everyone made mistakes last night. I have one reason, and I'll give you a hint. I say the same thing every single year, every draft. Uh Next year's draft is so sick. <laughs> I would look at the names. You got Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. There's so many guys we've heard of. Jamar Chase, who is a way better LSU guy. Justin Ross out of Clemson. Waddle and Smith out of Alabama. Chuba Hubbard. Travis Etienne. That guy's amazing. I can't say his name right. And apparently there's a North Dakota State quarterback that people are going gaga over named Trey Lance. How oh, good yeah. is that name? That guy's yeah. good. Yes. He's, so, he didn't throw an interception this year. Yeah. 
So all of a sudden, next year's draft, remember we were going to take for Tua? Now you got to take for everybody. How does this happen every year, Dan, where I get excited about next year's quarterbacks the day of the draft? You're not alone. We do it. Everybody does this because you can't have those guys, and you're like, oh, that guy is going to be unbelievable. And that's not always the case because here we are this year and where we were last year waiting for this year, and you go, Joe Burrow out of nowhere, Tua's banged up, Justin Herbert, we're still not sure of. And then you got a guy, Jordan Love, who's now with the – like you're just going it, – it changes so quickly. And that's where it's dangerous, where you lock in, you go, that guy can't miss. I'm still waiting for – is Christian Hackenberg on a roster anymore? <laughs> nope. I mean, we're still uh, – XFL? Well, oh, no. there's no XFL. Yeah, Paul. I'm going to disagree with McLovin. He did this last year because he's like, Justin yeah. Herbert's coming back. He's going to be even better. And he was a hot property last year. Tua was expected the number one pick, and then you throw Joe Burrow in. You have three guys who all were rumored to be the number one pick in the draft at some point in their college careers. They were all drafted last night. It was True, a hot but, draft. But Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields feel a little different because they now they do. Long, but we're going to pick history. that. We are going to rough up Justin Fields next year, and and somehow Clemson will have a couple yeah. off games, and they'll tear apart Trevor Lawrence like he wasn't focused. He was thinking. And we still have that bet, right, McLevin? You got Trevor Lawrence yeah. going number one overall. Yeah. yeah. And it never works out. Matt Barkley? No, that didn't happen. No, I know. Do, what do we have? A shower, I, shower of shame attached to this? Or I love it. Do we wear just uh, you know some kind of silly outfit? Uh, let's do the silly outfit. Uh, whatever you want to do. Yeah, that's fine. How about you I have mean, to we... wear a Trevor Lawrence wig? There you go. Oh. Was, how about that? I kind of look like Trevor Lawrence. No, you don't. Hair. No, I don't think so. No, no I don't think so. I don't think so. You don't look like Clive Owen either. <laughs> I look more like Clyde Elbert Hilaire. <laughs> <laughs> what? Check in with the Packers and uh, Jesse Palmer from the Mothership will join us. More of your phone calls as well on this Meet Friday here on the Dan Patrick Show.